calling Cal Friedman, Miami Hurricane broadcaster and journalist. All right, before we get into this interview with Cal Friedman, the Miami Hurricane beat writer, I just wanted to quickly announce something. There is a chance that this bowl game does not occur because the Miami football program is currently under COVID-19 protocol. They intend to play the game on New Year's Eve, but that's not a guarantee. All this information is working under the assumption that this this does occur, the game does happen. So I will make sure to, if the game doesn't happen, I will release another podcast updating it. But as of right now, we are expected to play the Hurricanes on the New Year's Eve. Welcome back to another episode of Let Me Tell You. Today we have a guest, Cal Friedman, one of the beat writers for the Miami Student Newspaper. Today we're going to preview the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl between the University of Miami and Washington State. So Cal, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So first question is, give us a 30 second elevator pitch about yourself, why you're in journalism and how you how you ended up at the U. So while I'm in journalism, um, I really wanted to play sports growing up, but eventually I got to about like 13 years old and realized I couldn't play professionally. So I still wanted to be heavily involved in sports. So I figured journalism was the next step way to go. And since then, since I've gotten to Miami, I'm not only one of the beat writers for the Miami Hurricane, which is the student newspaper, but I'm also one of the broadcasters for the student radio station WVM, which travels with the football team to away games. And on top of that, I'm also one of the anchors for UMTV. Is the U back? No. No? Is the U back? No. No, the U U can't be back after a 7-5 season. I don't care what coach we got. The U isn't back until we're consistently winning 11 to 10 games a year and being in the East championship every year. Do you like the hire of Mario Cristobal? I mean, I saw him at Oregon every, every year. Do you like Mario Cristobal? It feels like the right direction for this place to go. He's someone that knows the ins and outs of Green Tree, which is our practice facility and the university and what Miami wants to do. And since getting here, he's already started recruiting. Like there's no tomorrow from the second, actually he had his opening press conference. He went, to go recruit one of the linebackers, which he's able to get, Wesley Basanthi, in the same suit that he was in from earlier that morning and showed up to that high school practice at, you know, five o'clock in the, in the afternoon where it's still like 80 degrees because it's South Florida and showed up and recruited just as well and then went straight out from Miami to Texas to recruit. So, so far, I've liked everything that I've seen. What were your thoughts on Miami's overall season? Really frustrating. It started out against Alabama. We got smoked, thought it was going to get better. We struggled against Appalachian State and Michigan State came in and blew the doors off us in the second half at our home. And that was before we really realized how good Michigan State were going to be this year. But at the time, it was still really embarrassing. We went into ACC play at two and two, including an FCS win. We had two straight games where we lost inside the last 30 seconds of the game. And then Tyler Van Dyke, who came in for Derek King, who had struggled in those first two ACC games, all of a sudden starts playing like one of the best quarterbacks Miami's had in the last 20 years, finished the year with 25 touchdowns. It looked like everything was turning around. It looked very much like it was going to be, you know, an eight and four season where you still had some positives in it, but then we played Florida state went down early, came back, then lost in the last 30 seconds again, or last minute, I guess you could say. And overall it just ended seven and five, which felt very similar to Manny Diaz's first year on the job and same mistakes were being made here in year three. Okay, so you brought up Tyler Van Dyke, and I really want to touch on him because it seems to be crucial in your guys' offense. Mm-hmm. You've had him succeed in the last couple in the back half of the season, but your offensive coordinator, Rhett 
Lashi is now the head coach at SMU. How does his role change the offense? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't know what kind of offense we're going to run because we don't have Lashley. We don't have Diaz anymore, obviously. Um, our interim head coach for this one game is our offensive line coach. I don't really know what the offense is supposed to be. I'm not entirely sure who's calling the plays for this game that hasn't been announced quite yet on the day recording, which is 10 days until the bowl game, I want to say. But it should be a very different outlook, but not just because of the coaching and the play calling, but also because some of the pieces that we'll be playing. Charleston Rambo, who was our late receiver this year, declared for the NFL draft, so he's not going to play. I'm not sure if Mike Harley is playing in that game because I think he's also going to declare. But if he does play, that that would be huge for us. But we're missing not only our offense coordinator, but also our lead receiver. I'm just wondering, Anu, what do you what do you know about the Washington State offense, defense? What do you know about the Cougars? I know that you guys really struggled on defense, I believe, this year. I know we, got, struck- we got a lot better once we got rid of uh, Nick Rolovich. We got a lot yeah, better. Yeah, that was the main thing that I really knew about Washington State was yes. Rolovich's, you know, time there and the controversy off the field with him. But I didn't pay too much attention to Washington State. It's hard enough to keep up with the ACC and the SEC. Yeah. And then you look at all the games out west, and normally they're like 1030 at night all the time. So it's hard to keep track of everything. No, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm totally get it. I saw that Jess Simpson, the defensive line coach, would be your interim. That's you said the offensive. Sorry, line. yeah, I meant I meant defensive line. Yeah, okay, know, that just slipped out. What do you think he brings to the table with your defense against the Cougars? Because our offense, I think, is probably our, I don't trust our quarterback in the slightest. I think he's a total joke, and I, I wish he wasn't our quarterback. I think I'm the only Coug fan who thinks that. But how do you think he will can game plan against a very mobile quarterback? If he's mobile, then that's definitely a worry because Miami had some trouble against mobile quarterbacks this year. Um, Jordan Travis for Florida State burned us both on the ground and in the air. It's going to be interesting to see what defensive line we come out with because I don't believe DeAndre Johnson is playing, who's our starting edge. So we're already missing one of our edges. And I believe Jonathan Ford is not playing, who was our starting defensive tackle. But Leonard Taylor, who's a five-star, I don't know how close you follow recruiting, he was a five-star last year, didn't get a whole ton of play time this year for whatever reason, but he was second on the team in tackle for loss, and he only had, I believe, nine games and only legitimately played in like three or four of them, but he hopefully should play a bunch. I know that Simpson likes him, so I hope that Taylor will play a bunch, and he could be a huge factor in that game. It sounds... So it sounds like to you, your biggest concern is just the players who won't be available. But that is that accurate to say? It's both the concern of who and who won't be available, but also how mentally in they are for this game. I mean, we just finished seven and five. It felt like a lost season after we lost to Florida State. It felt like we were building something in the middle of the year when we beat uh, NC State and Pittsburgh in back-to-back weeks. We beat those two who were both ranked at the time. And then it felt like we were really starting to develop and you felt the confidence come back. And then even in those last two games, even though we beat Virginia Tech and Duke by multiple scores, it just didn't feel the same. And I don't know if that was just the defeat and the frustration from losing to Florida State after first time in five years. But it's just whether they're ready for this game because Miami are, I don't know if you've looked this up, Miami are awful in bowl games. Um, We lost both of our last two games under Diaz and Bowles. We got killed by Wisconsin the year before that. I think our last bowl win was Rick's first year, which was six years ago, I want to say, against West Virginia. Wow. It's it's been a while, but it's not even just like a Diaz and Rick issue. It's been an issue for a while. It's not a big bowl game. Miami normally don't get up for it. I don't know whether they'll be up for this game. Do you think, I mean, I don't think a lot of Coug fans are traveling to El Paso, Texas. Do you think there are going to be a lot of Miami fans? And I mean, I know you guys have a 
a really, really good fan base. But do you think it's going to be more decent amount of fans there in El Paso? I feel like the mood now is a little more rejuvenated because, I mean, it doesn't even feel like last season anymore from everything that's transpired from the afternoon in November when we beat Duke, or excuse me, in December when we beat Duke. It's only been 18 days, actually, now I'm looking at it. We beat on the 3rd, and it's now the 21st. It feel it doesn't even feel like the same year anymore. We've had so many players either declare or transfer out, and obviously we've had three new coaches come in from Oregon. We've had not just our offense coordinators. You mentioned Lashley leave for SMU, but he took our wide receivers coach and our offensive line coach with him. I think that's maybe why I said offensive line coach because he's right. just stuck in my mind right now. Sure. But we've had so many different pieces of personnel move in and out. It doesn't even feel like the same season anymore. So this is just a loss. Like this is just, you guys do not care about this bowl game at all. No, just- no. I, I, I think the player, I think especially the young players that are getting other opportunity. I think Taylor, um, Elijah Roberts, who was our other defensive tackle, who's probably going to play a lot more in this game. A lot of the younger pieces, Chase Smith, who played really well at the end of the season, and some pieces on offense too, some younger pieces like Xavier Restrepo, who was our slot receiver that got in and out of the lineup at times, Rashad Smith, who started to play a little more towards the end of the Jacoby George. I think to those guys, the younger guys, I think this game's going to have a lot more meaning to them because with Rambo leaving and Harley leaving, there's a lot of opportunities up to next year. This is their first chance to really, even though he won't be coaching, I'm sure he'll be watching in some place or another, their first yeah. chance to impress Mario Cristobal. It's not that maybe the win or loss is the defining factor, but it's how well that those guys play. Because I think a lot of those young guys who really are motivated to want to win at Miami are going to want to step up and play big in this game. For me, when I look at Miami, am I limited? I'm not an X and O's guy. I'm just a guy that likes sports. I noticed that Corey Flagg Jr. seems like an important player. I could be totally off. If there is one player on offense that is crucial to Miami's success and one player on defense, to beat the Cougs, who do you think it would be? Well, I think everything goes through Tyler Van Dyke on offense. When he's on, it's hard to stop this Miami offense. And he was on for basically the entire half of last year. The last six games of the year, he had over 300 passing yards and at least three touchdowns in each game. So if Van Dyke is on, then it's going to be pretty hard to stop the offense. Because even in we actually dealt with a lot of injuries throughout this year. Obviously, I mentioned Derek King was our quarterback, our center Corey Gaynor, who was um, all ACC last year, was hurt in the middle of the year. So we've had to do a lot of injuries, but especially in the running back room. Um, our starting running back, Cam Harris, got hurt in the North Carolina game in week six. Our second string running back, Don Chaney, tore his ACL in the second week of the season. So we had been going with basically one running back for the entire season. And regardless of whether Jalen Knight was running well, which he did in a lot of games, or not, Tyler Van Dyke was always the one to motivate. And defensively, Defensively is an issue because there's so many guys that aren't playing. I mentioned DeAndre Johnson, who's our starting D-end, isn't playing. Our starting D-tackle isn't playing. Our starting cornerback isn't playing. Tyreek Stevenson, who transferred in from Georgia, is injured, and I don't think he's going to be able to play in the game. But I think one of the big players to watch out for on defense could be Keontre Smith, who's Corey Flagg's opposite linebacker. Linebacker was easily the biggest issue for Miami throughout this year. Both Flagg and Smith. Missed a lot of tackles this year, but I think it's clear when flat, when Smith was in this season, the defense looked a lot better. He missed a, he missed games against Michigan State and North Car- or excuse me and Central Connecticut State, and when he came back in against North Carolina, instantly the defense looked so much better. Unbelievable. But he looked like he was 18 or 19. He looked like a young guy. Ben, you should have done this guy right.
What, I get him a stripper? What do you want no, me to do here? I, mean, I, mean, I get him a prostitute? What do you 